The world as we know it continues to evolve and change into something that we can only hope to understand. This is why the registry continues to provide industry insights through personal interviews with the leaders who are shaping real estate on a daily basis. By subscribing to our podcast, you are helping us in our work, and we will continue to deliver programming such as the one you're about to hear. Please click the subscribe button and let your friends and colleagues know about us. It will help you and the industry stay ahead of the game. Jessica Grimes is the Chief Marketing Officer of Compass California, a division of Compass, formerly Pacific Union International. A recognized leader in the industry, Grimes has led creative services, branding, advertising, and marketing strategies in teams since 2012, guiding Pacific Union through its growth as a boutique luxury real estate brokerage to its current stage today as Compass California, with sales volume of $14 billion inside of the Dynamic Compass Emerging Global Brand. Welcome to the pod, Jessica. Jessica, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vlad. I'm well. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Where do we find you today? Are you working from home like the rest of the world is as well these days? (laughs) I certainly am. You find me in balmy Marin County, just across the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco, my native town. Great, great, great. Um, so, Jessica, as a way of introduction, tell us a little about you know your 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 job at Compass, what you do there, how you got into the industry, and sort of how you ended up where you are today. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, I work for Compass in California. We're an ent- entity within California of about eighteen hundred agents, about fifty offices. My role is um, CMO, Chief Marketing Officer for Compass California, and. We have about 18,000 agents, a couple hundred employees. It's about 10% of the national number of agents with Encompass of 18,000. Okay. Uh, how did you get into the industry? You know, what, what's, your, what's, your, what's your background? So I entered real estate specifically through a REIT, a real estate investment trust, and then just popped upon Pacific Union, who's also a native San Francisco company. It's been around since the 70s and had some friends that had worked there and um, started with them about eight years ago. And before that, I, you know, my background came from both creative and a business angle. I started in an art school with a BFA and then went to get my MBA. So going left side, right side of the brain and kind of melding those experiences into many of my different jobs, both inside and outside of real estate. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I was just going to actually ask, did you work as an agent before? And, you know, was 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 that kind of your your way in? But it sounds like it was from a very different uh, angle. Tell us about that journey. You know, how 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 does this differ from your other roles? And do you get to be more of a marketer or more of a business person (laughs) or maybe and, uh, you know, maybe a beautiful combination of both? Right. (laughs) Yeah, we always strive for the beautiful combination of both. Um, you know, I think I've been able, very fortunately, to take both um, sides into my my career experiences. I, I came out of school working for an auction company um, named Butterfield Butterfield. And very early on, I just saw the value of balancing the creative with the business. And um, and from that early stage, one one theme that's followed me through my career has been these kind of this M and A business. It seems like every company I've been with has either been on the acquisition or being acquired angle. Even from that stage where 
Butterfield had acquired a company named Bonhams out of the UK and eventually then got bought by eBay and then sold back to um, Bonhams. So, and then went for a company called Icon Media Lab, which is a Swedish digital agency, part of the IPG Interpublic Group of Companies, and was had a very fortunate experience of going into different countries with them and bringing their business model into the countries, either through acquisition or organic growth. Um, so that was really fun to be able to work with them in Sweden and Italy and Germany and Singapore and Sydney, just really a, a dot-com story. And then taking that into Adobe, um, which also had right. the acquisition yeah. of companies like Macromedia, et cetera. So it's, it's yeah, a theme that keeps re- reoccurring for one reason or another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Compass kind of landed on the scene a few years ago with uh, with uh, with a big splash. Um, you know, it started acquiring businesses throughout the country, and it eventually came to California and really, really grew ex- exponentially. So, you know, what's what's new with Compass? Tell us kind of about sort of what what your role is going to be focused on there and kind of how how the company is looking to you know forge ahead in 2021 now and further yeah it's compass's story is an amazing one i mean they started out of um, new york as a rental company and um but quickly just innovative thinking and lots of good back and support have made had a big vision of growing nationally and they entered california and i think the cooperation of the strong savvy technology along with the knowledge of the real estate industry within California emerging from um, brokerages like Pacific Union with Compass has been just a really complimentary uh, move for them and a smart move. And so they've just always led from a technology perspective, but in a very smart and simplified technology. How do we make the experiences for agents simplified? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, almost Apple-esque, if you could go there. Yeah. So, so, so then, so then, tell us about sort of your your role and kind of how how that evolved uh, from kind of an amalgamation of, you know, different you know different efforts throughout the company and how did they decide that they needed a chief marketing officer and what what role does a chief marketing officer hold there? So, um, my role is is similar to what I have been doing in the past eight years and that bridging all of our different counties within California that we operate in from Southern California to Northern California and building teams that support our real estate professionals and bring them onto our integrated technology solutions in the way that helps support their business best. Vision is of, you know, further growing in our markets and then further growing the tools and technology that helps support marketing for agents. And some of the acquisitions we did around things like Modus, which is simplifying the title and escrow process through both the digitized aspect versus, you know, the very tedious and long current aspect that people experience with home closings. And um, as well as we're going into new markets, believe probably in the next day or so we'll announce the new market we're entering, but also just deepening our penetration in the current markets. As the company continues its, you know, growth, obviously, like many other industries, it was, you know, affected by COVID, like, you know, we all know. How did that change sort of the, you know, trajectory of the of the company and the focus in terms of overall goals and, you know, where where your efforts are going to be focused on? We were ready as a company. Our tech stack was ready. And we really just wanted our agents to lean in more. There's a big gap in terms of 
interest and abilities from the wide, varied talents and years and experience of real estate agents. So uh, this actually really helped push people to adopt things they normally wouldn't have done or changed in their business. So it was actually a very positive part. And so the leaning in on tools and usage of of an investment we've always made in, in tools and how technology intersects with real estate and how it can help support making people more productive was really valuable. And then from a marketing team perspective, we, you know, we had remotely supported our 1800 real estate professionals in California already. So we were set up in a way that really helped continue that and didn't get as affected in this work from home remote move. As a sort of marketing organization with Encompass California, how much do you think those agents rely on, on you to help them with their, you know, daily outreach and communication. Is that any different perhaps what some other folks are doing? And are you guys doing some interesting things there, kind of given everything that's happened with, you know, COVID and how the industry overall is changing? Yeah, I think the 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 products that have been developed has helped elevate our marketing from being more execution to more strategic. Like we are able, because the tools work so strongly and anybody at any user level can really implement the tools. We're not there trying to do this work for agents. Rather, they can do it and we're able to have these conversations with them about where is your business? Where do you want it to grow? Really think about marketing plans on a wider and and more long-term stretch where I feel before it was a little more, um, for lack of better words, like order taking and and short-term planning. Like in here, we're able to really collaborate in in a very effective and holistic strategic approach for them, which helps grow their business, which is our end goal. Yeah. Do you guys tap into some of your, you know, resources and colleagues across the country and exchange some, you know, best practices with them as well? We do. We have, I mean, such a great network. So we we use a platform that enables different offices or regions to share best practices. We have, um, just coming up this week, we have a luxury panel discussion where all of our top Luxury agents from California are sharing best practices with everyone else on how to how their business is, has benefited and how they um, look at business. And so, both from a regional and national perspective, it's, there's a good, really strong cross collaboration and communication platform that Compass leverages. Yeah, as a marketer, also, are you noticing the industry evolve in its in its way and sort of how it's you know reaching out to its clients and potential customers? You know, I know in the past, you know, a lot of agents utilized you know postcards. They utilized you know email and sort of other other kind of ways. Are is you know Compass getting into some kind of more CRM and kind of you know intelligent sort of data collecting um, efforts that are that are helping you kind of, you know, sort through the, you know, potential buyers and who some of the customers might be? Yeah, for sure. We um, actually was just on the phone this morning with the CEO of Contactually, um, Z-Band, who encompassed, um, acquired Contactually, the CRM um, platform for, was really had a lot, large, deep success within real estate. And um, we were talking with another agent and just discussing about all of the tools that now with Compass's big support of programmers and long-term view of how tech um, develops is is looking at how to support agents. And it's not it's not reaching out for reaching out sake, whether it's reaching out with quality and, and meaning to 
to customers. So how we can support the use of the CRM to yeah. to you know very more you know intelligent way, and that could be everything from using machine learning and AI for likely to buy scenarios or you know just attributes that align towards a customer versus widespread flash marketing. Yeah, yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Now, as a as a marketer, I think in this industry one of the challenges could be that, you know, every agent, you know, in effect owns his or her own business, right? So you're kind of dealing with a number of entrepreneurs, if you will, right? Are there certain things that if you had a magic wand, you would definitely want everybody to do and kind of get them <laughs> to sort of coordinate? Uh, you know, tell us tell us about that and how 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 that works. Yeah, I mean, if there's I think in the real estate there is all been a sensitivity i mean it's all based on relationships so a client database is the core and gold of every agent's experience and so um, there are those who are a little more reticent to jumping into sharing that in technology and does it stay with them but we've i think we've had a lot of success and you own your own contacts they're yours you can take them and go wherever you right. like they're yours to keep forever so it, it has to be reiterated quite a bit to be frank but yeah. it's um you know, I, it's, it's understandable. I mean, they are, these agents are just amazingly productive, independent business owners that it's their lifeblood. So it's smart that they keep that as top priority. Yeah, 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 of course. Jessica, so things like COVID are obviously big disruptors uh, for, you know, lives and industries. But I also have found that in times of hardship, there could be opportunities for new products, new new processes, new kind of things to emerge also. How is Compass looking at, you know, essentially, you know, the next cycle or the next decade, if you will, kind of given given where where things are now and how it's evolving? So I think there's just a support in general how to help agents run their business um, in a very productive manner. And so um, we definitely had to pivot during COVID and people you know, took things that were very tactical and moved it to more digital. And um, fortunately, as I mentioned, there were there was a tech stack that was there and ready. There have been even more tools that have within this period have emerged because of the big bench strength of programmers they're ready to to you know adapt to new needs um, whether it be a open house touring you know because that hasn't um, been able to happen there are no open houses in california um, how to yeah. do this virtually so a tool to support that how to be more efficient with time and one of the agents i was speaking to this morning was just saying time is my biggest issue i mean the just even getting customers to house tours the prep of a house, it's its threefold amount of work these days within the, the um, new rules. But um, it's also tightened the relationship of, of agents with their customers. They've really relied on them to give them the you know, very honest and candid truth and in their inside knowledge is, is there and available to serve their clients. Yeah. Do you guys foresee also the transaction process evolving and changing and getting more automated and being, you know, digital, obviously? Well, interesting. You asked. We did um, just last week announce an acquisition of a company called Modus. Um, it's a home closing software. So it really is is looking to simplify the title and escrow process. And we have already a company that we previously had through Pacific Union called Chartwell Escrow down in Southern California, where um, that will all start working together to simplify and make that process easier. Because, I mean, as you know, real estate, there are a lot of older aspects to it that had opportunity to 
to um, come up to date. So we're absolutely seeing that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess the answer is yes to all of those, right? It sounds <laughs> yes like. Yes to all the above. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great. One of the things that I've noticed, um, we've been in the, you know, covering this industry now for, you know, over 13 years. And one of the things in the in the last recession was that it was one of these circumstances where unfortunately, you know, a lot of people left the industry because it just, you know, wasn't profitable for, for you know, many. Do you anticipate this recession causing a, a number of people to leave the industry? And so what does that look look like? And then the second question would be, you know, what, what does that mean for, you know, you know, younger professionals or people who want to enter the industry? You know, what are what are some of the things that, that they should try to do to be successful? Yeah, Vlad, that's, those are really good questions. And I think you're right. We did see that. And I think we're I anticipate that is going to happen again to a degree. What we've certainly seen in the last seven months since lockdown is the good are getting better. And, um, you know, that with that comes realization people need to think is this the right industry for me is it going in the way that i'm ready to evolve with and um a certain big trend is teams there's so much to what goes into the transaction of a home and getting and partnering with people who have you know you have just a cultural connection with and and your strengths um complement their strengths we've seen these teams have a lot of success. So it's been a trend in the industry to team up and not try to do it alone. So I would suggest for people coming into the industry, whether you're looking to become an agent or or a support function like myself in marketing or IT or finance, whatever that might look like, is is to um, really, you know, know your skill sets, get with people who um, are most productive teams and learn from them, support them, grow with them and probably don't try to do it alone because there's always, I mean, my philosophy is everything's better in collaboration and working with others and, you know, leveraging each other's skills always gets the best output. Yeah. Do you guys anticipate also, you know, a number of people leaving the industry in this cycle? Do you think it might be harder to find agents going forward? I don't think so. I think that it's not hard to find them. It's just, it's, we're, I think the industry is demanding quality over quantity so yeah. I think that that will that will end up happening likely again, but it's not. I don't have a crystal ball for it, but that would be my sense. Yeah, yeah. In this in this cycle, it it seems to me, unlike in the last one, we've actually seen kind of a you know a sustained growth in in sales of uh, you know single family homes and condos, right? And I think it's just become more apparent that owning a place is 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 more viable, right? And people want their own security and sort of safety of you know their own their own space. What are some other other trends that you guys have identified that that are really you know kind of coming forward that that maybe surprised everybody, you know, given given where we are today? Yeah, um, I think well, I, you know we we work with different economists, and I think you, everyone sees just the bullish housing and their forecast is the bullish housing forecast too. It's especially here in California. I mean, we've all heard about the trends of moving from urban to more suburban, whether that's for the needs of a family space, the ability to work remotely, multiple factors or and cost for that matter. You know, millennials show a big desire to be homeowners, whether or not they they can afford it is is another issue. It depends where you know yeah, now that right. you know jobs are a little more flexible. They can go to different locations that would help support being a homeowner in a more affordable place. Um, I think we're we're definitely seeing even in the types of homes 
the even last year it was on a, a, a national meeting and the Chicago market was speaking about how these big homes, nobody, you know, it's, they're having a really hard time getting them sold. People want smaller, easier places they can lock and go and enjoy the, the city as their living room, so to speak, instead of having, you know, being in their home. Well, that's just been yeah. flipped upside down this year. Yeah. And so now we're seeing, like, you know, open floor plans can be challenging. We There need to be more, you know, modular types of places that support family units in whatever form they are. So there's definitely been some trends about the urban to suburban and more space. And I mean, my hope is um, more sustainable building and just healthy living, which is really important right now as we see so many aspects of our lives. Yeah. Are, are, what, are some, what, are, what are some other trends that you, know, you guys are seeing across the industry as you're talking to these economists and other, other analysts? Um, well, one of the economists that we've partnered with quite a bit over the years, um, John Burns Real Estate Consulting, they're out of Orange County, but they yep. are forecasters yeah, yeah. nationally. Um, they were just talking yesterday on a podcast about this K-shaped recovery. We keep hearing about yeah, the V-shape, right. but K is really what we're seeing of this wealth gap. So you have the have and the have-nots, and they, they call them like the haves are the ones feeling a bit of the – or the have-nots are bit, feeling a bit of the squeeze, whereas the haves have, are an evolution of social capital. So they're being a bit more sensitive to you know the world and what's happening instead of being as ostentatious as, as may have been in the past. So – it's a strange and challenging time right now and people, some are recovering fairly quickly and, and rebounding and feeling better even with the outside influences going on in our world. But um, while others are just really feeling even harder, harder times. So how do we, how do we look at that and try to tighten that, that gap so it doesn't keep getting wider and wider. So um, that's something they're, they're tracking each, each month. It's been, it's been they have a great insight as to what's being done in the building as well, just as I mentioned with the sustainability and how do we get materials that can show that it's quality but doesn't have to be quality and hurt our environment too. So how do we right. integrate important aspects of of um of living and how what surrounds us? Yeah. For for a compass agent today, what what would you say would be some of the biggest hurdles? I think willingness to adapt to technology. I mean, I think okay. <laughs> those, those are always which which is interesting since you know that's sort of the cornerstone, I would say, of uh, you know your organization. Yeah, I mean, right? you, but you know the mindset of agents—they're running, they're they're busy. So sometimes just making the time in their in their business to stop and invest into how to utilize technology so it does return yeah. and saving them time and and helping them run a business and in our current landscape given everything that you know has happened in the industry today everything that we're seeing you know there's obviously been a lot of you know negative stories about you know covid and that kind of stuff i'd like to focus on you know the positive you know what what gives you hope in terms of you know everything that you're seeing you know at compass and also throughout the industry that that you think will uh will be meaningful for everyone in the next decade yeah i i, I absolutely gives me hope that people are resilient we are adaptive beings and we are going to be faced and will continue to be faced with a lot. And, you know, whether it's through how we respond or what technology we use or how our empathetic you know, selves are able to 
work with one another. I mean, it always gives me hope. I, I have a lot of hope in the next generation. I have young kids myself who even they love being on some of the technology platforms, looking at homes and one, one of them found yeah. the home I live in right now. So they're, they're, they're leaning in too. And I think that ge- next generation, especially with what they're going through now, it's going to be an even more resilient generation and able to face challenges where I think maybe the previous one had a little more coddling. And so this is, I'm, I'm really hopeful about how we're raising very strong and driven next generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Jessica, so since arriving at you know Compass, what what has been your experience working with the with the Compass team and with uh, with 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 all the folks in the organization? Yeah, it's it's been really fascinating. I mean, of course there are challenges, but in any kind of M and A situation, you have cultures that are melding together, and I've been just thrilled about taking what the culture of the younger tech forward thinking aspect into perhaps maybe a more savvy real estate older environment and melding those two has been really strong. I, you know, we, for years, we were working on integrating technology into a real estate business and it's hard. You, you, you have to make a decision. Do you take products that are already existing and try to um, tie them together? Do you build it yourself? And it's been fascinating to have the expertise of the compass programmers that really are building a unified platform from yeah. scratch. And so all of those integration issues aren't considered. You have an idea, a thought, well, let's get it built. And so that platform is stronger and only getting stronger. I mean, it's it's a competitive platform now, but I, I foresee it becoming transformative and leveraging incredible, it's already in leveraging, um, you know, AI and other forward thinking ways of doing business. Yeah, and it also becomes a, a a way to differentiate your service as well, right? Absolutely. Jessica, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Stay safe. Vlad, thank you so much. Enjoyed speaking with you too.